Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be more Destiny 3 speculation that I have based off of comments made by Luke Smith in his director's cut. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. And if you're on YouTube, uh, you can hit like, share, subscribe, or hit the little bell button. Leave in a comment. All those great things help me out. So I have a video about Destiny 3 speculation. And the reason I made the first video was there were folks saying, you know, it's not going to happen or it's unlikely to happen. I really pushed back against that. I basically made argumentation in that video about that Destiny 3 will be happening. There's too many things that Bungie have done with breaking from Activision and putting Luke Smith in charge and all this stuff. I made all these arguments about why it most certainly will be happening. This video is more about timing, the probability of certain timelines of when it will land in light of comments made by Luke Smith, both about the sunsetting of weapons and investing in core activities, moving away from FOMO, fear of missing out, moving away from FOMO and the seasons and moving more towards like an investment and a reinvigoration of core activities, as well as the sunsetting of weapons. He also specifically says Destiny to year four in this director's cut so reiterating that this game is going into another year we are not getting destiny 3 end of 2020 so i'm going to walk through sunsetting of weapons core activities and i'm going to add at the end here now for later a lot of what they're doing now feels like it is for later so sunsetting of weapons is the first thing i know this is getting a lot of criticism and complaint i do think there's a significant portion of the community that is misunderstanding sunsetting weapons going you know nine or 12 months into a gun's life cycle and no longer being able to infuse it is upsetting some folks. There are people who are making criticisms that are actually more thoughtful, but a lot of the criticism I'm reading on the forums and Twitter and even on my YouTube were made by people that seem to not even understand how it's working. But I do think this is a big step and it's it's not necessary if Destiny 3 is coming out next year. If Destiny 3 is landing 2021, then you don't need to start sunsetting weapons. Just do another year of D2, and then we'll be done with it, and we can move on. So, my first sort of prediction is that it's incredibly unlikely that Destiny 3 will be landing in 2021 because of the sunsetting of weapons. This is going to be a pretty significant undertaking to go through and do a pass on all the, all the weapons. It's a s- systematic change, as well as an eyes on the future change they're wanting to do more with the weapons give us stronger legendaries make things more interesting in aspirational content and that's a pretty significant sort of long-term plan that i think makes it completely unlikely that destiny 3 lands in 2021 it makes more sense for destiny 3 to land 2022 or even 2023 and the reason i say even 2023 and beyond beyond 2022 is a couple of things Number one, there are the new consoles to consider. Those have to get out in distribution and get in saturation in the markets. And so the longer Bungie waits, the better. The more likely they could say, this game is not going to be able to run on the old systems. We're launching a new title. Like eventually Microsoft and Sony are going to have to say, you know, new titles can't land on both systems. It's not really possible. I know Microsoft's making that commitment to people. I don't know if they're going to want to do that. You're going to really, you're really, really going to hamstring developers if you're constantly making them make games that can run on both an old Xbox One as well as the new Xbox Series X console. There's another thing to consider as well. 
Luke Smith indicates their approach to content in Destiny 2 is going to shift and change, and I think this is another reason why it's very unlikely we're going to see the game in a year's time, 2021, and we may not even see it in 2022, and let me explain. Core activities is another topic in this director's cut when he talks about how they want to move away from an activity that lands in the game like Sundial and then goes away three months later. He's also wanting to move away from FOMO. FOMO is fear of missing out. This idea that if you don't play the season, you're going to miss out. You're not going to be able to play the things and get the things and do all the stuff. You're going to feel like you did not get to play and and get all those things. He wants to move away from that. That doesn't mean there isn't going to be any FOMO. He just wants there to be less FOMO. One of the things he outlines when he talks about that is a, a shift away from that and then reinvesting in core, you know, core activities, strikes, crucible, probably gambit he also mentions public spaces i think we might even see a shift in that strategy already if you're looking at the things for season of the worthy season of the worthy is you know public space environments legendary lost sectors it's stuff that's happening in the in the game world that isn't necessarily a new destination like sundial was a new activity like something like reckoning or even vex offensive where you actually have to go somewhere else to do it It seems like they're already putting some of this plan in motion with Season of the Worthy. We'll have to obviously wait and see what the Seraph Tower event looks like, what the, what the, I'm sorry, the bunkers look like, and what the legendary Lost Sectors look like. They're all different things. We don't know exactly how they're all related. But this, again, seems to be a push to something that they could do for a really, really long time. If you really think about how large Destiny 2 is, how many planets there are, how many activities there are, something that a lot of people have said recently is there's so much to do and there's no reason to go and do it. Bungie may take that and run with it and say, there's so much to do, let's give them a reason to go do it. Escalation Protocol, Blind Well, The Forges, Reckoning, Menagerie, all of the planetary spaces, all of the adventures, the lost sectors, the strikes, the story missions that we never play anymore. There is a lot that could be done to keep this game going for a really, really long time. And I do think if they play their cards right, this could be something they could really stretch out and then pull off their landing of the plane. The idea that the final year of Destiny would be similar to the final year of Destiny 1. Destiny 2 would have that light year. We had Rise of Iron and then we had like nothing in Destiny 1 after. We had Age of Triumph. This would be another, I think, clue that... If we get a pretty significant DLC in September of 2020 and they do more seasons after, I would think the big question mark would be when are they going to make it clear or abundant or when are we going to be able just to deduce as a community that we're in the final year, we're in the cruise year, we're in the downshift year where we get less. It was very clear from King's Fall from Taken King to Rise of Iron there was a marked difference between size and substance and I think a lot of people just sort of said well this is likely because they're shifting resources to the next game I remember when we got Age of Triumph that was kind of confirmation of that theory they're not giving us new stuff they're not giving us new content they're investing in old stuff and you know it was just raids they could take a similar attitude with all of the core elements of Destiny 2 right now and really pull off this long drawn out process which I do believe is is related to my final point now for later they're doing things now for later similar to the way that division one did a bunch of patches and updates and interaction with the community that served to build 
the scaffolding and structure for Division 2, I think a lot of what's going on now points to that. The communication from Bungie feels more like a 100-yard strategy instead of a 5-foot-in-front-of-a-strategy. Instead of doing patchwork this or patchwork that or just bouncing from a season to a season, a lot of the communication from Luke Smith, a lot of the structure of the seasonal content and the narrative feels more like a 100-yard strategy. They're looking way down the road instead of on the here and now. And examples of this would be affinity costs to change your armor affinity. The seasonal mod slot change, allowing you to use seasonal mods from one season in front and one season in behind, giving you a little bit more freedom, but also pushing you forward. The sunsetting of weapons, the, the, the Grandmaster Nightfalls, the, the language from Luke about reinvesting in core activities. All of this sort of smells like a long-term strategy instead of like, oh, this is about the here and now. Sunsetting weapons is not about the here and now. Neither is the seasonal mod slot changes or affinity cost changes to change the uh, elemental affinity of armor. None of those are, are about the here and now. They're a long-term plan. They're a long-term strategy. I, I, I said when they announced Armor 2.0, if you kind of go back and watch all of my pre Shadow Keep content. I said that scalability is my biggest question mark. You can make this armor 2.0 system, but once I get fully decked out with god tier armor, how are you going to get me to go to the next armor or the next sets or the next patches of you know batches of loot? The next thing has to matter, but you can't undercut the current thing either. It's a very delicate balance. And I always said that's a scalability problem. How do you scale the game long term so a year from now, a season from now, two years from now, I still care about chasing loot and, and upgrading and getting getting new things while also feeling like my current stuff is honored and respected. The scalability question mark, I believe, has been answered in a lot of different ways recently, and we're going to see that more fully fleshed out in the coming years as a way to serve Destiny 3. It's a great time, I think, to test and build systems in Destiny 2 for Destiny 3. They've got a very big player base. They've got a committed player base. They've got great resources for feedback between Reddit and the forums and Twitter and Twitch and YouTube. They kind of always have this finger on the pulse of the community. Everything Luke Smith out line in this director's cut felt very much like a response directly to things the community has been saying so i really do think destiny 3 is going to land 2022 or 2023 is when it'll likely land and a lot of these changes in language from bungie really really hints at that timeline being a lot more likely do not look for destiny 3 in 2021 is the real big message i'm trying to send to you so we're going to transition to q a as always if you're watching or listening in all the other locations please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that followed my talk about Destiny 3 speculation. More speculation sort of influenced by the director's cut from Luke Smith. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably catch me live right now. And if not, if you're on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, and hitting all those buttons is really, really helpful to me. So let's jump into the first question. Aaron Kill says... Do you envision us Guardians leaving the solar system in D3? I'd like the game to take us to the Fundament or whatever is left of it. It would be really, really nice, I think, to go sort of out and about to, so we're not on all these planets. Now, we could always return to these planets you know, in a nostalgic way or an expansion, but it would be really cool in the next game to take a more sort of fundamental jettison of where we've been for all this time. I love the I love the planets that we have. I love the feel of destiny and the the enemies and the just the general vibe of the game. 
I've always liked it, but I definitely think that it would be very, very cool to have like this very, very fresh and strong feeling of we're in a whole new area and a whole new, you know, part of the world. I, uh, well, part of the, the galaxy and oh man, my wife sent me a great house. That place is great. Uh, that's nice. Anyway, I like that idea, but again, I still think you would want to, at least I would want to return to some of the old planets if possible, if possible, if they really, really make, um, if they, if they really, really make this idea of we're, we're going, we're going into a new game, new engine. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like going into a new galaxy would be dope and maybe coming back it would give it this big new open world giant feeling some of that would probably be dependent upon a new engine as well like if they're if they're really really going to do this this giant new push next question is from uh rylan how will bungie get non-destiny people or fans that feel burned out into destiny 3 will they drop the three i love destiny but the zero two on launches um there are zero to two on launches. Oh, 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 oh for two on launches. They've had bad launches. Uh, it would be hard to get the non-super fans to buy in. A casual fan doesn't know or care about Activision and the breakup. I mean, you do good trailers. Um, we, you know, we gotta move on it. We gotta move on it. I like that house. It's, it's, it's like exactly what we want. I you can do really good trailers you can do really good promotions like i mean if you if you can say anything about bungie that's that seems like almost like fanboy they are really really good at trailers they are really really good at hyping stuff up i don't have any doubt that bungie could get uninterested fans or people that are burned out to say oh my gosh what the frick are they doing in destiny 3 you know um do you think that they will get a new class and maybe darkness subclasses in D2? Is it more likely D3? If we get a new class or anything darkness class related, it won't be in this game. Uh, Destiny 3. Uh, for Destiny 3, from uh, Kane here, Bungie's going to need a new engine. Do you think that Bungie is developing their own replacement for the Tiger engine, or are they just going to use the Unreal engine? I don't have any idea. I do think they've been working on the base elements of the game for a long time. I do think they've been working on building it in something other than Tiger. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's them. I don't know if they're working with somebody else. I'm pretty I'm pretty confident that I'm pretty confident that that's something that they're they're working on right now. So Next question is from Z, uh, Z oh, Spastic. Got it. How would you feel about Bungie coming out and saying that they have no plans for a third Destiny title and instead plan to build out Destiny 2 to be the definitive Destiny experience? I personally hope for this outcome. This hope is strange to me in light of everything that Luke Smith has said. Limitations on size, can't get much bigger than it is now, reinvestment in core activities. I don't know about you, but in three years, in 2023, I cannot imagine booting up Destiny 2 anymore. I really can't. What they can't add more. They can't take us to very many more new places and give us... They can give us new experiences, new loot, but this is a strange desire. To me, I would think you would really want Destiny 2 to come to a close and to a whole new game to launch. I also don't think that this game... Uh, can continue to be appealing and grow 
with the new landscape of consoles and with the next generation of gamers and, and, and all the things that will continue to make it feel like a dinosaur. Um, I don't know. I feel like this game's just going to start to feel like a dinosaur and that's not an insult. It's just, it's an old game. It's an old engine and it looks beautiful. It runs really, really well. They, they did a great job with the port to PC, but I cannot imagine this being Bungie's aspirations when they have goals in a, in a dry erase board that looks like this game's going out for, you know, another seven years or something. It, you know, because this is year. This next is going to be year four, then year five, then year six, then year seven. I just can't imagine. That means year four is this year. You got to add three years to that. That means the final year of Destiny two would be twenty twenty three into twenty twenty four. That's just such a long time. I don't know. You get beyond twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three, and I think you're really going to lose your relevancy and your audience. People are just going to get. They're going to get bored with a game that cannot expand anymore. There's too many technological limitations uh, with the current game. You know? Gab. Do you think D3 will have a free-to-play version? No campaign but raid planets? No, I don't think there's an impetus for free-to-play. I think free-to-play would be a terrible decision. Free-to-play is not this game. This game is not free-to-play. There's a free entry point. You're still paying for DLCs and seasons and everything else. I don't see them ever doing a free-to-play launch. That's not the type of game that this is, and it's incredibly risky. Lord Shax. Do you think with the Fallen having the house... uh? We think with the Fallen having the House of Light now as our allies, we will finally get playable Fallen Guardians in D3. I, I'm i going to say maybe to this. I don't know if there's a big need to do this. I still feel like the core of the game is a Titan, a Hunter, a Warlock, and then you got Human Exo Awoken. I don't know if we really need to break out from that. I, the sky's the limit if they really want to make it a bigger, better RPG-feeling game, open world, all of that. That, that certainly could be where they go but i this doesn't i don't think this is necessary i also don't know if that's what bungie wants to do with the core the core feel of the game would feel very different if we started being able to pick like fallen and you dudes with forearms and you know all this different stuff i i don't think so sven hey lona with d3 coming eventually do you think the game will become even more open world or stay in the same lane it is now size and scope of planets and regions <clears throat> Well, here's a couple things I don't think they'll do in the next game. They're not going to suddenly make strikes, 8-man strikes, and raids, 20-man raids. Like, they're not going to change the core feel and vibe of Destiny. But I do think they'll do larger open-world areas, larger public events, world bosses, things of that nature. Strikes could also be larger, bigger, more open areas. Uh, You could split up a little bit more. But I don't think they're going to create like a whole new vibe of the game. If you, if you evolve too much, it'll topple over on itself. People are like, this isn't Destiny. How many people am I playing with in a strike? How many people do I need to get for a raid? This isn't World of Warcraft. It still needs to maintain its core identity. And I would say, I would say that that doesn't mean they can't have larger areas larger spaces, bigger raids, bigger missions, etc. But I don't think they're going to say, oh, let's uh, you know, let's do 20-man raids and stuff. There's a fine line. I, a larger open-world space areas for public events and stuff feels like a quality of life improvement, not a change of the core identity of the game. Bigger areas, bigger boss fights, cooler abilities, cooler weapons, those are all quality of life evolutions. But when I look at a strike, 
eight eight man strikes, six man strikes. What now? Larger fire teams in public spaces. Sure, you don't need to limit me to three people for the public space. You could let me and six people go down and like have a ball because it's a larger area. But I, I think there's like a fine line there. There's a difference between something that feels like a quality of life improvement and an expansion of the game as opposed to something that feels like it's trying to wear somebody else's shoes. It's like, this is not Destiny. Uh, Zor, Zorian says, uh, what would need to change in Destiny 2 before you would say that you are ready to switch to Destiny 3? What is Destiny missing now except for aspirational content? The big thing that I talked about at the end of my video before this was scalability the scalability of the game is probably the single most important thing for them to figure out so that every six months we're still caring and excited about what we're chasing the futility and the and the the pointlessness that people started to feel in this season i pushed back on some of it but i did have to concede that a lot of the loot that we were chasing was very samey So the scalability would be, in six months, do you care about the new weapons, the new activity, the new armor? And if you do, I would say that that's... I would say that that's the key. Scalability is always going to be the question. You can make awesome planets, missions, weapons, dope stuff. It's all awesome. And hardcore players are going to blitz the game, and in two to three months, they're going to have all the meta builds, all the dope stuff, all the awesome stuff. And when they do that... How do you continue to incentivize their engagement in their loot pursuit? Like, how do you do that? That's scalability. I think that is the single biggest thing that needs solved in D2, and I feel that they are solving that. I feel that Luke Smith is attempting to solve that. If you can hear my son screaming in the background, I'm not really sure what's happening. It sounds like he's having a disagreement with his sister about a toy. Apologize for that. <laughs> they're, uh, it's lunchtime. It's a little bit of that witching hour. They're both hungry and probably being uh, they're being grumpy. <laughs> when children get hungry... It's uh, it's it's always an adventure. You never know quite who's gonna get uh, really, really upset and throw something. Yeah, a lot of hangry, a lot of hangry going on up there. Koi <laughs> uh, Koyori, do uh, do you think the way Bungie has implemented the season system in Destiny Two, they will inject that into Destiny Three? I think a lot of what they're fine tuning now will very much influence the next game. Now the scale and the scope of it might be different. So when Luke Smith says we want to reinvigorate core activities, if Destiny 3 is a significantly larger game, larger public spaces, more strikes, whatever, reinvigorating core activities might feel a little bit different in Destiny 3, but the idea and the philosophy is there right the core idea the spirit of what they're saying is we're going to be reinvesting in the public spaces the core events the the core activities that's going to feel a certain way in destiny 2 maybe we're sick of the strikes maybe we don't feel like there's enough core activities in the game to really be reinvested in but i do believe a lot of what they're doing right now is testing tweaking and growing the schematic and the scaffolding for the next game. It's going to very it's going to really really influence what they do uh, the next time around. Uh, Ryland Prince, would you be fine with a time jump in, in D3? It's tough because I think people were really attached to their guardians. It would be kind of weird to go D1 into D2 and then D2 into D3 and have this huge time jump where I don't know what we're old and grizzled or dead or something on some planet and we get resurrected again. As long as it's still our guardian, I think most people would be okay with something like that. But I do think there's something to be said for the narrative doing a nice clean handoff where 
it just flows right into the next the next thing. So I don't know if they're going to want to do like a big huge time jump. D2 was a one year time jump. It really didn't feel like it though. I mean, we were just like all of a sudden the cutscenes were the tower, it was raining and the cabal showed up. I didn't feel like there was a big time jump from D1 uh, to D2. Fuzzy Epic Muffin. Story and lore. Where do you think D2 will leave off? Then where will D3 pick it up? Also, what's one thing that you would want in D3 that hasn't been in any other Destiny game? Uh, big, big public spaces. Big, big like fights and world bosses is what I would want to, to happen. Guardians are immortal. Tell that to Cade. So I would say that that's, that's one of my big uh, desires about you know what they could do in the next game. Where will it leave off and where will D3 pick it up instead? I could see it leaving off with the triangle ship showing up and the, it's 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 a fight, it's a battle that maybe doesn't really truly end. They're just kind of in our atmosphere, in our space. And then the opening of D3, everyone's like, too soon, too soon. Let's get some Lono Peppies in the chat for, for Cade. Sorry. <laughs> oh, they don't age. Well, we'd be... I don't know if that's true. Don't they get older and grizzled with age? Don't we show signs of age? I feel like we do. In any case, I I said that in passing. You're going to be nitpicky about that? Gee, many Christmas. The, I would see the triangle ships serving as the catalyst into the next game. The triangle ships show up. There's a battle. That leads to something massive like a big explosion. Maybe the earth gets completely destroyed or the tower gets completely destroyed. I don't know, something like that. Um, So I love that Lono Pepe. That is the Titan helmet, by the way, with Pepe slapped on the front of it. Headshot Hunter. How would you feel about Dark Guardians in D3? I don't dislike the idea, right? I don't dislike the idea of, of Dark Guardians in the next game. But I do feel that that's a very different version of Destiny. Now, Luke Smith seems to be laying ground for that, talking about in the, in the most recent narrative, there's a lot of talk about light and dark choosing sides. Luke Smith likes that idea from, you know, the, 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 the MMOs and stuff that he's played of, you know, Horde versus the... I am not a WoW guy. Whatever. Horde versus Alliance, is that what it is? Sorry. WoW fans are like groaning at, at, at my at my lack of knowledge there. I, I could see them maybe wanting to do that. I just don't know. That's a massive undertaking, okay? That's a massive undertaking for them to say, we're going to have two camps or factions or groups or whatever of Guardians in the next game. That's a pretty big undertaking. The question you'd have to ask is, does that have a good net benefit for the size, scope, and experience of Destiny 3, or would it automatically sort of hurt the flow of the game? Think of it this way. If there's Dark Guardians and Light Guardians, if each if each path has 25 levels or missions, okay, That means you do have 50 total levels or missions or whatever, but they're split into two camps. And therefore, the game might feel shorter because as a light guardian or a dark guardian, you're kind of done. You're kind of maxed out a little bit quicker. Now, rewind the clock on that and imagine instead of 25 levels of stuff to do here and 25 over here, it's 50. Your guardian and the missions and the leveling 
the number you would assign to that is 50, 50 levels, 50 whatever. It would naturally then feel maybe like a bigger, more longer, more drawn out experience. So I don't know. I, and somebody might push back and be like, well, but Lono, you could make multiple guardians. So you fundamentally would get the 50 levels, 25 on dark and 25 on light. Okay. I, I don't dislike the idea. I question the intelligence of going down that road due to the increase in work that it would take to create two truly unique situations and scenarios and feelings about a dark and a light guardian. So I love the idea. I don't dislike the idea, but as soon as I start thinking about it, I start thinking, man, that's a lot of work. Yeah, that's really complex. Would it really be, would it feel like they took it and spread it too thin instead of having a really good substantive feeling with just like, this is a guardian. There's a Titan, a hunter and a warlock. Like, think of it like this. They have a Titan, a Hunter, and a Warlock, and within each of those, they have three subclasses, and within those subclasses, they have massive differences. We would want those to get really complex and really have a lot of depth and a lot of choice and a lot of freedom and a lot of liberty in the next game. We want that, right? Now, imagine they do all that, and they got to do it again for Dark Guardians. A Dark Titan would need three subclasses, and within those three subclasses, there would need to be differences in freedoms and choices and things like that. So you might start to feel like you really diluted the substance and the diversity and the depth of a light guardian because they had to divert, divert resources to really building out the black, the, 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 the dark guardians, like the, the black skill trees versus the, you know, the, the orange and the solar or the, the void and the purple and all that, right? Or green and I don't know what would be on the dark side. I, that's where my mind goes. It just starts spinning like a top. I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of stuff. I don't know if they want to do that. I don't know if they want to go down that road. That's like Elder Scrolls Online, you know, that might start to feel like it's not Destiny. It might start to feel like it's not Destiny uh, if they go down that road. Koyuri if you were to make a new gun archetype for D3, what would it be? I just want legendary trace rifles and more fusion rifles. That's what I want. Or a rail fusion rifle, like a rail gun from Quake would be really cool. So right now you charge up a fusion rifle, it's like zhut, fire, zhut, fire. A rail gun would be a little bit different. It would be fire, zhut, fire. It would have it, You would shoot it immediately and wait for it to charge back up. I think a rail gun would be pretty cool too. I want more futuristic weapons. I think a rail, a rail fusion rifle would be dope. It'd be the it'd be the idea of a linear fusion, but it would shoot immediately and then it would it would charge back up. Um, so and trace rifles really remind me of the lightning gun from Quake. So flamethrowers and crossbows, nah. Flamethrowers and crossbows are. Pff, I don't really care about that stuff. That stuff's in every game, right? Flamethrowers and crossbows are all over the place. Uh, buffish. At Bungie, they always said Destiny would have been a 10-year-long project. Do you think it will be D1 three years, D2 four years, D3 three years? Um, it's I, I actually think we're going to get a year five in Destiny 2. I think September of 2021 will be year five, and that'll be the last year, uh, personally. Do we get a year six? Do they go all the way to 2023? I don't know, but I think we're going to get I think I think we're going to get a year five in Destiny 2. Um... Because I really, you're you're asking about four years, okay? This September is the beginning of year four of Destiny 2. 
they don't need to do any of the sunsetting of the weapons if that's the last year. Does that make sense? You don't gotta sunset weapons if a year later we're going into the next game. That, 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 that's a weird decision for them to make. If starting in September of 2020, they institute the sunsetting and they institute, oh, oh here's a bunch of new weapons with new perks and power, and, and then we're going to sunset it in 12 months, you don't need to sunset it in 12 months. And Luke Smith said 9 to 15 months. What? 15 months goes beyond September of 2021. We are almost assuredly going all the way to 2022 at this point. It's I, I can't see another way. There just doesn't a lot of what he says in this director's cut makes no sense if we're getting the next game next year. So I think you're at the very least, at the very least, you're going to get a year five out of Destiny two. Remorse. Hey Lono, since we aren't seeing a D three this year, do you think that we need to do some sort of update with D two for the new consoles? That's a great question. I'm sure Bungie's going to talk about that the closer we get to the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation five. We don't know. I would think they would try and use the PC port. It could run on those consoles just fine. If they can, you know, port it down. Because it's great. It, it runs beautifully on on PC. Bird Hunter. How would you like to see Bungie iterate on leveling in Destiny 3? You mentioned slot leveling in the past, but are there any other ideas you have? I don't really get too deep down this rabbit hole. I don't want to develop a bunch of my own desires and wants for leveling, other than simplify it and make it more linear and less... And, and less dumb. I don't like it's just it just feels so dumb. It doesn't feel like it's ever really come to a good place. It's in the best place that it has ever been, but it's still rocky. I think slot leveling would be really really good. I, gear having level is fine, but RNG dictating your progression as far as your level, I just think that feels so dumb in an RPG. You just level and then the gear drops in accordance with your level and you're looking at the perks you're looking at its power it's so weird to look at a piece of loot and be like well what's its level that's going to level me up it's like, it's like what like i don't i've never liked that so slot level creates a problem for sunset weapons it doesn't i am shift you would just use a different terminology instead of saying this weapon can no longer be infused you would say this lep- this what this weapon is capped at this level so therefore if you equip it in that slot it's going to lower the slots level it can't go to that level anymore it can still be equipped but when equipped it would lower that slots level and subsequently lower your level or and also then be too weak for content built for a slot level higher than that does that make sense it would still work the same way that it's working now but they would just use different language i don't think we're going to get slot leveling in destiny 2 I don't know if we'll ever get it. If we did get something like slot leveling, a departure from the current system, it would be in the next game. Bungie could be testing out sunsetting as a concept, but the execution of it in the next game could look completely different. The concept would still be there. Here's a weapon. It's going to sunset in 12 months. The way they get from point A to point B would be different maybe, but it, it would still be the same principle of loot has a shelf life in the end game. Next question from Phalex. Do you think D3 will be available just in the new console generation? Microsoft's making a lot of promises and so is PlayStation 5. Now, maybe they're just talking about launch titles, but Microsoft's making it sound like anytime a game launches on their platform, it's going to be able to, it's going to be available on all of the consoles. That seems foolhardy. Like who 
you're basically then shackling any developer and saying, hey, it's 2024 and you're developing a brand new game. You better make it be able to run on an Xbox One, an ancient system at that point. Like 2023, 2024, you can't be asking developers to do that. I think it's got to be just for the launch year. Like launch titles will be playable on all the platforms, but eventually they're going to have to be like, no, that's impossible to expect people to do that just for the first two years and it's just for first party titles thank you chat for clarifying that okay that makes more sense in light of what's being said in chat my answer to your question would be if destiny 3 lands in 2022 or 2023 i think it would be only on the new consoles two years two to three years into the life cycle of the new consoles it would likely be another situation where most of the player base shuffles forward i mean over the next two to three years, people are just going to move away from PlayStation 4s and Xbox Ones. They're going to they're, they're going to be so old. And more and more games are going to do that. Other games are going to do the work for Bungie at that point, right? Like, other games are going to launch and be like, you, you can only play this game on PlayStation 5, right? You, you can only play this game on the Xbox One Series X, the Xbox Series X. Like, it, other games will, will, do, will do the job for us here. They will shuffle the gaming community forward. And Bungie, Bungie may do it too. Bungie may say you will, you can play Destiny 2 on the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X with higher frame rate and better FOV. And so a lot of the Bungie, a lot of the Destiny community may shuffle forward on their own over the next couple of years. If they're like, I don't have to buy a big awesome PC, I can just buy a new console and I can get better performance in Destiny. Now, somebody might say, that could cause disparity in Crucible. Higher frame rate for Xbox Series X players, higher FOV versus console players of Xbox One. My response to that is I kind of don't care. I don't. you, You... you should be able to get an improved performance if you upgrade to a higher level system and if you're sticking around on the Xbox One for the next two years I don't care about the the disparity between FOV and frame rate I really don't it's time to move forward we're not I, we, we can't hold the game back because maybe you don't have it's not it might not be in the cards it might not be in your budget and I feel bad if you have to wait a while if you have to wait right to, to, to upgrade I, I'm not trying to be unkind but you can't shackle the game backwards because there's portions of the community that can't upgrade right away. So, it's no different on PC. Some people have a 244 hertz and some people... Yeah, like on PC right now, I can play against people who run lower FOV, right? Lower frame rate. And I can play against people who have higher frame rate and higher FOV. Get the frick over it. Like, seriously. Like, that can't... You can't let the game hold the... You can't let the game be held back. Young Raccoon. Do you think Destiny 3 and its expansions will be the end game for Destiny Universe, or do you believe this is a near-infinite direction Bungie can take to continue the universe, whether they just continue expansions like WoW or D4? I honestly feel like they could launch it as Destiny 3 and drop the 3 a year later. Right? I feel like they could launch it as a Destiny 3 because they want to make it very, very clear it's a sequel, and then then a year later they could drop the 3. And be like, we're now we're now moving forward with the, with our first annual DLC, and we're calling it Destiny Universe, and and then they can go for as long as they want. Um, 
Destiny 3 as a title works really, really great as a launch day, as a, as a launch title, but I could see them dropping the 3 a year later and saying, this first DLC is a new era for Destiny, we are now calling it Destiny Universe, or Destiny Infinite, or just Destiny, you just drop it, and then it becomes Destiny the Taken King, Destiny Forsaken, you know like the subtitle? It, right now it's like Destiny 2 Forsaken, Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. They could literally just do Destiny and just and just give it a subtitle name at that point. So it would always have an era. It'd be like, oh dude, right now, Destiny, we're in the era of, you know, the Time War. Destiny, Time War, or Vex Time War or something. That's the era that you would be in. Destiny Infinite, Destiny New Beginnings, I don't know. I could, I could definitely see them dropping the number though. They're going to want to use the number to launch the game. Because if you just call it Destiny or Destiny Universe or Destiny whatever, people would be like, wait, is that a DLC? I don't understand. Is it like Shadowkeep? Is it like Forsaken? Is it a DLC? It's easier to be like, no, it's Destiny 3. It's the sequel. Destiny 3, time to explain. Uh, next question from Unwits. With having a full skill tree again with a bunch of unique perks for guardians to build their own unique skill setup, do you think it could cause several balancing issues? I mean, this feels like a question that doesn't really need to be asked. Like, how could I say no to this? Obviously, yes, if they go the route of lots of skill, lots of skill tree, lots of things, there's always going to be balancing issues. Like, that, this is this is kind of a... Uh, an unnecessary question. I know I'm not trying to be mean or dismissive, but like this is kind of a yeah, of course. But if they build the game the way they probably want to, they'll probably split the sandboxes to some degree and maybe they'll be maybe there'll be more basic skill trees for Crucible. Imagine right now you go into Crucible and you pick Way of a Thousand Cuts and you pick that attunement, right? And you get those abilities. And in PvP, that's what it would look like. In PvE, there'd be like this sub-attunement skill st- skill tree structure with all these things you can do. And all of that gets like, bleh, like a core at the end up and it's like, you, you don't do any of that in PvP. It's just, this is the attunement, this is the abilities, this is the melee, this is the grenade, right? You go into PvE and it like opens up. So it could be something like that, almost like PvP is more of like a a heading. Here's the heading, here's the skill tree, here's this. And then when you go into PvE, there's all the subheadings, there's all these other things underneath. Again, what you're saying is a given. I'm not trying to be rude to you. What you're saying is a given. If Bungie creates more choice, more dynamics, more skill tree options, yes, there would be balancing issues that would come with that. I can't see that not happening. Uh, Ecow. Do you think Bungie will expand on vehicles in Destiny 3? I played a lot of Scourge of the Past this week and I would love customizable tank with different weapons. Well, the larger open space could give cause to this, but it's still a first-person shooter. Destiny as a game, it's it's you and your guardian. So I don't necessarily know if we get larger open space areas, they're going to start adding like, here's a tank, here's a motorcycle, here's a jeep, here's a hoverboard. Like, I I don't know if they would go, uh, they would go that route. Fortress. My concern with the D3 is how they will go about resetting us. Uh, what would be the point in bringing so much back from D1 only to start again with nothing in D3? How do you feel they will tackle this? This is the this is an answer that's going to sound rude, but it's I don't want it to be rude. I don't care. <laughs> I, I, like, I just don't care. If we go into Destiny 3 with nothing and have to chase a bunch of new loot... I am a happy camper if I'm getting a new destiny, a new world, new open spaces, especially if it's a new engine and we get deadies, right? 
I'm happy. And if they bring back some of the exotics, I don't care. Like, you know what I'm saying? That I'm not I'm not trying to be like, I don't care. Why do you care about this? I'm not trying to be dismissive, but I just don't care. It would be wouldn't that be awesome? Like I do do you really care about your weapons that much? Like just it's a new game. Go, get in there. I did put on the new sneakers, man. Put on the new shiny stuff. Like I don't I, I don't and if you're accustomed to sunsetting, if we spend the next two years getting accustomed to sunsetting anyway, I think people will care even less. They're going to slowly boil that frog in the water and you're going to be like, yeah, I'm used to letting go of my loot, right? I I think people also need to remember that Destiny 2 is a bridge. I feel like I'm going to describe Destiny 2 as a bridge. It's a bridge. It's not a destination. I feel like Destiny 2 is the bridge between Destiny 1 and the Destiny that Bungie truly wants to build. So, in light of that, we can't look at Destiny 2 as really an example of like, well, this is what they're going to do again, or they're going to take all of our stuff and bring it all back. It's like, well, this is more of a bridge to the next game, I feel. So, it seems silly for them to bring something back that's going to disappear a second time. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. So, imagine Fortress... They take everything away from you in the next game. And then, a year in, there's a mysterious quest that comes up. We've got a beacon on some distant galaxy, and we don't understand what it is. And we go and we fly out there. And it's some abandoned factory. And it's it's been taken over by these beings. And so we go inside and we and we reassess, we we like assert dominance over the area. And we find the original first version of the Galahorn. Like, you're not going to be like, well, I can't believe they took it away from me only for it to be brought back. You could go into the Golden Age, you could go into areas where there's weapons and there's schematics, and we, like, rebuild the weapon so it's different. We find the original build plans for the Outbreak Perfected or the Prime or any of these weapons. I don't know. To me, I'm like, they could do that, and if you're going to act like you wouldn't get the tinglies and your jimblies from that, you 100% would. You'd be like... And that's part of the the, the, the the appeal of Destiny to some point. Like, there's a nostalgia. There's a history here. There's a universe, you know? You, you go and you, you go to these places and all of a sudden Osiris is here. Saint-14 is here, you know? It's awesome. Then the Galahorn gets sunsetted again. Listen, you, people can be cynical and negative about sunsetting. Just accept that it's happening and it happens in other games. Like, I... The, I, you're not going to you're not going to win any war by being like a, a down in the mouth Debbie Downer every time weapons come up. Yeah, but if I get a good weapon of Destiny Three, Lono, it's, it's going to get sunset a year later. Boo the frick who? Like you're going to get dope stuff and use it and shuffle forward like we've always done. Like I, that's the type of game they're building. They're not building a game where you get one weapon and use it for forever for all time in all encounters in all places, like. That's where we're going, man. Spider is meh again. Seraphite for Glimmer, but no Seraphite for Sale. I think I just stocked up on Seraphite. I, didn't I? I can't remember. 
Uh, Iron Imperial. Do you think that Bungie are going to treat D2 like ROI and make a 2021 September release next-gen only? Absolutely not. My entire talk was about why that can't happen, so we've already kind of dealt with the timing issue, so I'm going to go to the next question. PHDJ. Talking about core activities for the future, what do you think Bungie should do with Gambit through the rest of D2 and beyond D3? In September, they need to strip Gambit down to one game mode, get rid of regular Gambit, just go to Gambit Prime, and give it a retooling, give it a pass, give it a quality of life, get rid of the freaking armor sets. Uh, it was a good idea, but it's it's broken and stupid. Invaders have way too much power, especially with an invader set. They need to get those out. It, it needs totally retooled. Go down to one game mode, get rid of those freaking armor sets, and Prime is better because of the it's, it's one round, but they need to get rid of the sets, I think. Um... And people are going to land on this differently. People in chat are like, no, Prime is terrible. Go with regular. Whatever they do, whether they keep regular or keep Prime, we don't need to have that debate. You need to go down to one version of Gambit and retool it and give it a nice pass. They need to reevaluate the strength of invasion and reevaluate the boss fights. I believe that boss fights need mechanics, so it's not always a melt fest. And I think invasion needs to not be the building of a snowball almost every game I know people are going to be like it's not always a snowball we come back sometimes okay the normative experience in Gambit is a freaking snowball like you just the snowball starts at the, on the first invasion um so Prime is bad widely agreed I mean that's not true the, the, whenever anybody did the polls on Twitter which should stay which should leave it was split right down the middle homie you're just picking the people that agree with you and using them as evidence like all the polls I saw back in the day it was split right down the middle half the people voting wanted prime half the people wanted regular it's not it's not that slanted in the community uh JST Jr. Hi Lono with D3 some way off how do you see possible issue of D2 being playable on the PS4 at 30 FPS, PS5, 60? We already talked about this as far as advantage, disadvantage. That exists on PC. Console users just need to get over it. Um, if that happens, the Blue Jack. What do you think the final iteration of weapons retirement will be in Destiny 3 If uh, to not frustrate the community as much? The community is just going to get used to it, adapt, and get over it. And if they don't, they can go play something else. Go play WoW. It happens there. Like, go play other loot, loot-based games that try to last for years and years and years, and you're going to run into similar issues and problems and similar meta shifts and weapon shifts and gear shifts. Like, it's either either adapt and find ways to enjoy it or don't like that's where they're going with the game and a game can't a game like this it literally cannot it cannot let you use stuff for forever it simply can't it's it's a fact it's not opinion it's not subjective it's a fact these games can't have endless loot without other always other problems the reason the term power creep exists the reason sunsetting as a concept exists is because this problem has been unearthed by other games and communities that have come before us so it's not a new thing or a concept people have to accept it and and largely either get over it or i guess find another game that doesn't do this and good luck unwits with the introduction with the champions putting new life into how we play the game, do you think D3 Bungie will actually invest in new enemies that keep the challenge up? I believe champions are an experiment with thinking through hierarchy of enemies and thinking through new um, new enemy types. So enemy types that require um, 
certain types of uh, loadouts and weapons, etc. Like you, that, I think that's what champions are being used for. Instead of creating a new enemy, they just give an existing enemy different attacks and different defenses, and then they can use that in the next game. So, Unstoppable, Overload, and Anti-Barrier, it's kind of like the shields on a captain, and the shields on a centurion, and the shield on a knight. The shield is the mechanic, the enemies are different. So the mechanic of Overload, Unstoppable, and Anti-Barrier is likely an experiment they can use for like other ranks of enemies in the next game to give combat more uh, like more vibrance Anthem has sun setting like I said go play a game that doesn't have sun setting go 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 play Anthem and talk to me how great that loot system is a Johnny the Cat King do you think the wall the well the wall of wishes was a good thing in last wish and they should add a similar system to new raids I don't think they need to do that in every raid it gives that raid its own feeling and its own vibe Dan, if D3 were made, would you think that there would be a significant change in gameplay? I really didn't want to see one from D1 to D2. Not that it's been bad, but I hope that they would make character classes more impactful. It's hard for me to answer this question. I think that there would be changes and differences, but it would still need to feel. It would still need to feel like Destiny. That's the biggest question. I missed Buckwild Bob's eight-month resub and two months from M. Feinbaum. Thank you. Uh, Jinja, do you think D3 will be the last Destiny game? Kind of how, wow, I already answered this question with how they could drop the D3, you know, about a year in and just keep building. Remorse. What would you say to people who feel it's too late to get into the game or feel burned out by D2 or I'll wait for D3 attitude? I don't really care about people like this. It's not my job to convince people to play. If the stuff looks good, jump in and have a good time. If not, you're that, okay. I'm not, I'm not going to try and convince people to play. Uh, Kroyori. How do you think Bungie should end off on uh, leading into D3? I've already answered this question. BX Chef. Should Destiny show when a weapon is considered god roll so we know sooner instead of hoarding everything? It's not really up to them to do this. It's on you and the community to have their own discussions. Bungie should not be dictating you what's a good or a bad roll. With all the speculations about how there won't be a D3, what makes you so sure that there will be a D3? I have a whole video on this. It's my other D3 speculations video. Uh, Fundamentally, there was no reason to break with Activision if they were just going to finish out with D2 and not do a D3. There was no reason to put Luke Smith in charge, shake up employee and teams, and and have people leave the company. Uh, There was no reason to put out a vid doc where they had a dry erase board that showed all the way out to like year seven. None of those things make any sense if there's going to just continue to be a DE2. It doesn't make any sense. And the injection of new consoles also is a part of this equation. There are too many signs pointing to Destiny 2 having an end of life and another game following it. There's too many factors here that that point to that. I, I cannot see, I just cannot see them staying in this game for all the way to year 7. That seems insane to me. Avon or Avon J. At this point, what do you think the chances are we never get a D3? Just answered it. Uh, Dagnabbit Bend, do you think that we will ever get more MMO elements in D3, such as housing for our ships, social style spaces? Um, Papa, Cra- Papa Crabman gifted a sub to Spicy Cuban Pappy. Thank you for doing that. I don't know, Ben. I mean, it, 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 that stuff always feels like something from another game, right? I don't know. I, I don't that's not going to keep me playing but it would certainly maybe keep other people playing so I I could definitely see I I could definitely see them 
doing this, but it does feel like another game a little bit. I don't know. Your statement about this being a bridge to the game Bungie actually wants to uh, build feels spot on. I really think I'm going to keep using that image that D2 is a bridge. It really starts, it's really feeling that way more and more. They're finally finishing the D2 storyline. This feels like the start of the end to me. Of the of this game? Yeah, if that's what you mean, Mike. Ecal. Do you think D3 will just focus on core activities? I see a lot of complaints about the just another horde mode, but do people actually want just another strike, raid, or dungeon, or is it a lack of quality of said mode? People that say just another horde mode, I don't feel like that's a very good criticism. I think that's the entire game. That's essentially what PvE loopable content will almost always be. Even the linear missions like Strikes are horde mode in a lot of the places. You go into a room, fight all the enemies. When you're done fighting the enemies, you go to another room, and then the enemies come pouring out. Uh, When you go into Menagerie, when you go into Sundial, that's what it is. It's a linear horde mode. You're going from one section to the next, defending spaces, satisfying mechanics, killing a boss. We've talked about this before. Destiny is Mexican food. You can take a tortilla, meat, cheese, and vegetables and make a variety of different Mexican foods. A quesadilla, a burrito, a fajita, a taco. They're all using the same core ingredients. Destiny does the same thing with their content. The core ingredients of Destiny is you go into a room, kill ads, majors, satisfy a mechanic, go to the next room. That's what Destiny is, right? Whether you're in a strike, a dungeon, a raid, or sundial... That's a, that's a burrito, a taco, and a quesadilla. It's the same ingredients shaken up in a different way. So if you don't like those ingredients, then I don't know why you're playing Destiny because that's literally where that, like that's where that's where you go. It's, everything is that. So I'm sorry about the food analogy so close to lunch. Warwick. What are your thoughts on equipment lock? And do you think it would be good or bad in trials? Equipment lock in trials will be horrible if they put it in there. It's going to be hotly criticized and it should be criticized. It's a terrible idea for trials. I need to be able to adapt to the other team. If you don't let us do that, that's a terrible, terrible decision. I personally think equipment lock is bad. I don't think it's good for the game. It's a game where you go in, learn hard lessons and change things around and tr- and come up with new strategies. I think equipment lock is a complete waste of time. I think equipment lock and extinguish are some of the cheapest forms of difficulty you could put into a game. It just feels freaking cheap. It doesn't like you're just making me go back to orbit. You're not actually making something difficult or you're making me like lose and limp along through the content because it's it's too painful to go back to orbit. It's it doesn't it doesn't, uh, I just don't think it works. I really don't think Equipment Lock or Extinguish are good elements of challenge. I think that they're cheap, and I don't want it in the game anymore. I don't like it. Yutshore, do you think that they will ever bring over titles and seals into Destiny 3? I could see them bringing over titles. Yes, I could see them doing that. CWJ, with the Destiny series uh, starting, oh, I'm sorry, started the Destiny series in D2 year one, quit when year two started and came back in November. How do you suggest I get the background on the Destiny storyline? Uh, watch Bife's videos. My name is Bife. His name is spelled B-Y-F. Um, my name is Bife is who you should go watch. Uh, his YouTube videos. Abyssal Titan. Do you think Destiny 3 will get rid of all of our gear just to give it back to us later? For example, exotics and armor. I've already dealt with this question. Do you feel Luke Smith's long-term plan with reinvigorating core activities and sunsetting has more to do with a seamless transition to D3 and keeping our current equipment than it does with D2's longevity? I'm going to tell you that it's probably both. It's probably both, homie. 
it's a it's they're doing this to figure out what they want to do in D3. It's it is about getting Destiny 2 to last longer than they have probably initially planned. This is about longevity of D2. But it also I think is going to serve as a good transition. If you spend 2 years shuffling forward, sunsetting, moving, like getting accept, like if you if you get accustomed to that, then shuffling forward into D3 will be easy. Dark uh, light. Would an overhaul to graphics and subclass mechanics be enough? to not need a D3 and instead have D2 be the destiny. I've already answered this question. D2 can't live for that long. It's, it's, that's just way too long and they can't add that much to the game anyway. Overhauls and, and making things pretty isn't going to be enough and you probably know that. The Faz. It seems no matter what Bungie does, it's never good enough. Do you think Destiny will ever reach a point where the community is satisfied or is that just a pipe dream? Truth be told, you don't want the community to be satisfied or to get quiet. You don't want that. You want it to feel like an eternal wrestling match because that means people are passionate, invested, talking, providing feedback. Yes, this is a great change. No, this is a bad change. Thank you, Bungie. What the heck, Bungie? These are all, um, I think, very, very, very important uh, things um, to, to the life of the game. The minute your community goes quiet and complacent or is just like so happy they're not saying anything, I don't know. I I think that that's probably a scary place to be. It's a feather in their cap that people are always upset. I'm serious. The more often you hear people being upset, that more invested that they are and the more dialed into the game that they are. If you don't care, you're not going to the forums to complain. So complaint, complaint and criticism is serving the game's good. It's hard to keep that perspective when it always feels like a bungee can't win scenario, right? Everybody wants A. Give us A. Give us A. Here's A. Yeah, but come on. We're sick of A. Give us B. What is this? You give them B. Well, come on. Where's we want more A again? What? Like it always it, it always kind of feels that way. And in general, in general, it's hard to maintain that sort of I viewing it in a positive way um, but I do I do think fundamentally that a lot of game companies would kill for a, uh, um, a community like the Destiny community, they'd kill for it uh, raising money for charity being good to each other, being awesome and constantly talking about what they like and don't like developers kill for that they would kill for that feedback is so helpful it's so helpful, even if it's dumb feedback, right? Even if it's some, even if it's some like really stupid subreddit thread that gets a bunch of upvotes, that's just illogical and dumb and whiny. Who cares? It's feedback, and everybody upvoting and commenting means people are dialed in. People care, you know. And you might be like, "Well, this idea this guy put is just one of the dumbest things I've ever read." But, but, it's coming from a place of frustration about this. Let's try to find a better solution than their suggestion. Does that make sense? If 5,000 people are like, we think this is so dumb, Bungie, could you just do this? And they're like, that is a terrible idea. We can't do that. But just get behind the idea, like kind of like get around it and be like, here's all this frustration about this particular pain point. Their idea is horrendous and awful. (laughs) It's horrendous and awful, but it's stemming from a frustration that's actually really helpful to us to know about. So, how about now, boy? Boy. Uh, You think of 
Do you think or know if we get a 10 plus increase again? Oh, we're going to find out tonight in the TWAB. Plexiglass. Do you do a lot of research or do most of the info you present on stream come from game experiences and community involvement? Or is a lot of the info opinion-based and speculations? Thanks. Homie, I can't really tell you. I, I, I Some of this comes from working for a development company for a year. Some of this comes from my own research and reading articles about development cycles um, things and presentations I've seen from the GDC developers being open and transparent about their processes and how things work and some of it's just I played Destiny since the beta uh, like on my Xbox so I have been in this world for a really really long time so it's hard for me to know like if it's opinion based or fact based or based on research like I talk a lot I say a lot (laughs) um do you think getting a flawless run is going to be important? Oh, of course, yes. Going to the lighthouse is going to be a big deal. Gab, do you think D3 will have destinations without different instances fully open? That's what we would hope. That's what ho- that's what we would hope. We would hope that it would be more open world. It would be it would feel more living instead of instead of instances. The truth of the matter is, the only reason they have to do instances is because it's peer to peer. If they had dedicated servers, you would be able to seamlessly drive from one location to another, and there wouldn't be instances. There would be rendering drop-offs and stuff, but it wouldn't be like a brand new connection. Sandman isn't with two months, thank you. Uh, who is this other one? Crazy one with three months of subs, thank you. You look at the size of like the EDZ, you could go from point A to point B and never have to reload or re-instance if it was on a dedicated server. Ashen Hollow with the next question. With weapons being sunset, what do you think will happen if to nightfall and strike weapons? Do you think Bungie has the bandwidth to refresh those loot pools? I think one of the hopes, it's with the computer, babe. The fan spins up, I know. It's not super loud, but it does sound it's I'm used to it. I don't hear it anymore. The new rig, the 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 vibe two that we got from Micro Center, the the it's a little bit of a smaller um, tower than my last one. So when the cooling systems are spinning up, it's easier uh, to hear. So, but it keeps my CPU right now at a nice cool fifty six degrees Celsius and only peaks into like the low seventies sometimes. Even when I'm streaming at medium encoding with sixty five hundred bit rate uh, uh, bit rate in, in OBS. So. The hope would be here, Ashen, that tower NPCs, tower vendors, and strikes would get reinvigorated with new stuff. Sunsetting would put pressure on Bungie to do exactly what you're talking about. The Young Raccoon. Do you think we could ever see the introduction of a patrol zone that is reminiscent of the Dark Zone in the Division? I certainly hope not. I think PvPVE areas like that are not Destiny. I don't want that in Destiny. If you want it, that's great. Good for you. That doesn't feel like Destiny. Uh, Chief Pogchamp do you think D3 will keep the same battle pass system I have no idea the blue jack what do you think Bungie will have to do to convince people that a D3 is needed besides problems current engine database limitations and so you're not going to have to convince anybody of any of that what are you talking about a new game why would people need convinced we want a new game They've already laid the groundwork for us to want a new game by talking about the technological limitations of Destiny 2. I can't imagine people be like, I don't know, you gotta convince me. You gotta convince me. This game came out, <laughs> this game came out in 2018 and I'd, I'd really, no, wait, 2017. I'd really like to keep playing it. Uh, you're not gonna have to convince anybody. Harpua. 
Hey, Lono, in your opinion, what will investing in core activities really look like? I get anxiety about new stuff, so the statement intrigues me. Do you think that there will be loot incentives to spruce old activities up? He talks about that in this. Yeah, he talks about that. That's exactly what he's talked about. Going back and doing a theme and a retread of strikes or the crucible or, you know, public spaces. So, sweatpants. What do you want to see in Vanilla Destiny 3 launch? In addition, what are main selling points that Bungie needs to address to promote in the new release to potentially prevent backlash of previous two titles? Listen, if they do a new engine and they do dedicated servers, then you put that in the marketing. All new engine, and you flash that. Large open world areas, you flash that. Uh, Dedicated servers, you flash that. Those are selling points. You don't keep that off the table. You talk about that. You want people to know you have made significant strides. They've the director's cuts and the twabs and stuff recently. That the transparency from the company. I cannot imagine them making those types of upgrades and not freaking talking about it. It would be in the marketing, right? It would 100% be front and center, because people that don't play would be like, now hang on a minute. (laughs) A new engine and dedicated servers. What are y'all doing over there? That would get a lot of people's attention. Uh, the Dangler. Do you think Bungie, if they do not reveal D3 this year, will continue to do the Cabal storyline onto the darkness? I don't have a lot of uh, speculation about what they're doing there. Uh, with Daddy Activision's funding, plus their other studios, will Bungie be capable of making D3's base game large enough, and if uh, they do, the development would take a long time? Not a question. Thanks for wasting my time. Blues. Do you think Sivu Arath will be the main enemy of D3? D1, we had Oryx. D2, we most likely will get Savathun either this fall or last, uh, or next year if they do year five. No. See, you guys get so deep in the lore, you forget that this isn't true. D1 had Oryx, but before that it was Atheon and Crota, and then it was Axis. There was no there was no bad boy of Destiny 1 who was always there. There was no enemy. D2, you're saying, will most likely be Savathun as the main enemy. That's false. We had Gaul for the full whole first year. And then after that, we had like the threat of Riven and 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 the threat over the, the the Dreaming City and the curse and all that. Like you're not even saying things that are true about the game. Like there's not going to be a bad. Everybody always wants to bring up like their lore knowledge and like flex their lore knowledge, like Zivu Arath, and like they throw around these names. But you're not even saying things that are true about the game. The game's never been like this. We've always had a shift of like, here's the current threat, you know, the 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 shadow, the, the nightmares, and the then with the triangle ships seem to be the biggest overarching threat of uh, of 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 destiny. But this this isn't even what you're saying here isn't even true. So like, yeah, D1 had the darkness, but it also had Atheon, but then it had Crota, and then it had then it had Oryx, but then we killed Oryx, like we killed him in the Ascendant Realm. And then we moved on to Siva. Like there is no, there is no enemy of franchise ever. There's never been. If the the biggest and probably overarching sort of transcendent threat in the universe, I guess, would be the Triangle ships. But we don't even fully understand them. We we talked to the Triangle ship people, and they said they're our salvation. Like we don't even fully understand that either. Uh, PhDJ. Europa had some really cool concept art back before D1 in 2013. Do you see Bungie potentially using this as a destination in D3? I I don't know. I whenever we talk Destiny 3, we get real 
and I know it's called Destiny 3 speculation, you guys are going beyond like 30,000 feet speculation that I'm comfortable doing, like timeline, this year, what they're doing in the current game that leads me to think, we're, you know, that the game will go this long, so D3 will likely land. You guys are getting down into like, do you think we're going to go on to this planet or have these enemies or these types of weapons? Like, you're going way down into the rabbit hole of speculation that just, I don't feel is even worth doing. It's like, it's so narrowly possible we get any of this right. Timing-wise, I'm trying to say... It's unlikely next year. It's more likely 2022, 2023 in light of changes in Destiny 2. I'm not going beyond that and being like, oh, we'll probably start on this planet and have these gun types and these subclasses and blah, 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 blah. You guys are getting too specific in your speculation questions. I I can't answer some of these. It's like, I don't even know what I would say. Dance, other than, yeah, maybe. I'd say, yeah, maybe a lot of the time. Dancing Viru. You addressed how oversaturated D2 is with content affirmed by Luke, so I was wondering what's the significance of patrolling a destination outside of flashpoints? Is it possible we'll have seasonal destinations or rotation destinations in D3 to keep content relevant and small in size? This is only going to be needed if they continue building the game in this engine. If they go to a new engine and go to dedicated servers, you can have massively larger areas that are around all the time. So, click fire. Do you think people will be too burned out of Destiny by 2022-2023 to even want to play D3 as many are already starting to feel fatigued? Absolutely not. You don't know this this game can- <laughs> no. No. It their ability to hype, their ability to get us excited, it if anything it hasn't gone down over the years, it's gone up. Seriously. Like if anything, their ability to get us amped up and, and excited about stuff has actually improved over the years. That D3, if if they play their cards right, D3 could be one of the biggest, most long-standing games. It could be like a World of Warcraft. I truly believe that. It's Bungie. They're not lightweights. They know what the frick they're doing. I and and they and they have probably one of the most loyal, most passionate fan bases out there. So I don't think that there's any risk here at all. This will be good live. With D2, the tower was destroyed and we were given a clean slate. With us knowing new weapons will be sunsetted anyways, do you think there's a possibility we'll bring gear from D2 to D3? I, like, yeah, so you guys are getting into specifics again. I'm just going to say, yeah, maybe to a lot of these. Yeah, maybe they might do that. Uh, If D3 will evolve mostly around darkness... Do you think we will have some form of darkness subclass? We already had the darkness subclass question. D3 coming out 2021? Absolutely not. 2022? Maybe. That's the most likely date. 2023 was where I wanted to land. Marine. Going off of what we know on the specs of the Series X and assuming that Bungie is moving away from the Tiger engine, do you see Bungie having the ability to expand worlds from the hub design? Yeah, we've already had this. Probably bigger areas. Um, L7Beeb? Do you what do you think of the story twist? Osiris is unhappy with Rasputin and Zavala needs his help. This is not really a question. Obey Supreme. Since the Almighty will be destroyed, since the Almighty will destroy us, do you think D3 is coming when new consoles launch? Man, some of you guys are just not even attempting to type a good question. Cosmo made a tweet about exotic armor. People are speculating there is exotic armor change coming in the new season. What are your thoughts? I believe tonight in the TWAB, there's going to speak on exotic changes. Um, I believe. That's supposed to be tonight. So yeah, there'll probably be some changes. Oh, and they already said there is. They already hinted at this. 
when they talked about handheld supernova getting a nerf they said that controverse hold is getting a pass they're, they're like um a tweak a tweaking pass and they're going to address that in a future post so they've already said they've already said that uh poncho steve what would you do to fix D2 for new players? There's so much to do and so little explanation. Luke Smith addressed this in September. There will be more of an intro for new light players to make it clearer. Uh, he said they really underestimated how many new people were going to come into the game. Turtle Uwu says, "Do you? How do you feel about exotics from D2 coming and D, uh, D1 and D2 coming to D3? Just don't really care. I like them. They're nostalgic. It doesn't bother me. The Brock Kelly. Sorry if this gets talked about. Uh, what would you, uh, would you care if D3 looked exactly the same as D2? That is, what if all the engine iterating gets done on the back end, not in ways the players can see, and allows for greater freedom for them? Would you be okay with this? Would you prefer over this over better visuals? I think Destiny 2 right now looks wonderful on PC. So if we don't get some insane graphical update for the next game, I, that's not going to bother me at all. If the worlds are bigger, if the places are bigger, and there's way more stuff to do and more guns, and it's a whole new, you know, it's a whole new world, copyright Disney, Aladdin, like, if it's a whole new world, then I, I'm totally fine with that. I really do think when you crank the graphics in D2 on PC right now, it looks phenomenal. Like, I... In a couple of years, am I going to be like, ugh, Disney 2 looks gross. Like, you can only get so photorealistic with rain and foliage. Like, like you can only get so realistic looking. There's a limit on how realistic games can look. I mean, eventually it's going to literally look like you're walking through a real forest. But you can't get more real than real. Like, if trees and textures just start to look like literal, actual trees and bark and stuff, like, you can't get much higher than that. There's a there's a limitation on how realistic games can look. So I don't know. Said every generation. No, 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 no. This is like an actual reality. You can't make a tree look more real than a real tree. Like there's nothing beyond that. So if you can get to a point where video games are literally replicating reality, you can't get above that. There's a cap on how real a game can look. Even back in the day, you knew that like a tree and a texture on a tree and a, a person's face was somewhat distorted and not quite the, the, the thing. Once the uncanny valley gets passed over and we get to the place where people and faces and, and, and worlds and cities and cars and, and, and trees and all that looks like a photograph, this a, a, an actual like real place, you can't go beyond that. The only thing beyond that would be an experiential shift into virtual reality, which isn't a graphical fidelity question. It's an experiential shift. So look at this photograph. Like, I, I don't think you can go much higher. And I think Destiny looks great, honestly. Um, I think, I, I don't know if I would be, um, I don't I don't know if I would be that disappointed if we got a giant new Destiny 3 and graphically it was very similar and didn't like blow the lid off of fidelity and rain effects and stuff uh hashtag which would be vital for the success of D3 dedicated servers or a new engine or would it require both to be a success I think these are ground level expectations for games like this I don't think you can choose one or the other I think you need both Mad Psycho. For D2 to survive, they need to put a stronger engine in better... This is not a question, just you... Thanks for sharing your thoughts. I skipped it. 
DK Lotus. Do you think MMOs are a way of the past? It looks like it's getting more and more difficult to explain power creep and the need to retire weapons and armor, something that has been inherent to MMOs since the beginning. I don't think MMOs are a thing of the past. I think hobbyist I think hobbyist game as service play style is becoming more and more common and more and more of an expectation of a gamer. I'm going to sit down and play your game for months and months and months. I actually think the exact opposite is true. I think more and more people are thinking hobbyist style about their gaming and not like a, a linear stint in a single player game. Single player games aren't going anywhere, but still, I, I don't think that MMOs are on their way out at all. Pin, pin, Panera. With all the talk of Bungie's limited bandwidth currently, do you think that they would need to partner or sign with another company for D3 in the near future? They're making really, really good money, so they could certainly start to outsource or expand. I think that's probably going to happen. Uh, Isaiah. Depending on if Bungie expands on story routes like choosing between Drifter or the Vanguard, would you like to see some routes or that reveal or prevents the fate of the Traveler? I don't really get super wound up about this stuff. I, the story's cool. I like when they bring stuff back and, you know... Osiris and Rasputin, but I don't I don't really have much of a care about that kind of stuff. I, I trust them with the story. Gamer Giant. What are your thoughts on spaceship battles in D3? We don't need it. It's not Destiny. Serious. I, th- there's no place in this game. That's wasted bandwidth and wasted space in the game. We haven't done it for five years. There's no reason to put it in the next game. 321 Shoot Crota. You've mentioned having our Seam Guardians in D3. Would that even be possible with a new game engine? Um, the come on is this a serious question homie they would literally just make your guardian in the other game they would just you would hit the import button and they'd be like here's your guardian the new engine doesn't limit them from doing that like i I, i'm i'm really confused about you can't i don't that doesn't seem like a genuine question mick cheshire do you think bungie are going to avoid having their game so dissonant to what we currently enjoy the bizarre changes from d1 d2 well this is why i think they did what they did I think they pumped the brakes on the next game, broke with Activision, and put Luke Smith in charge to be like, we gotta figure out the the way forward for the game. Quit this, pa- enough of this patchwork reactionary band-aid stuff. Right? D2, D2 was the way that it was because D, D2 was in production long before we got to the era of Destiny's greatness, which is Rise of Iron and Beyond and Age, you know, Age of Triumph. I don't think that I really don't think that we can say it's going to happen again because they literally pumped the brakes and Luke Smith is I don't think going to let that happen again he is not going to hang his name he's not going to hang his name on another game that isn't isn't stellar and I think that's what they're doing right now because he took over the production of D2 after Taking King was so successful and I think he got handed a, 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 a legless horse he got handed a legless horse. It was like, this is going to go nowhere. This is going to be awful. And he got the horse up and running and it limped across the finish line. Like D2 actually launched and was playable, but man, oh man, like it was, it was in bad shape and it wasn't his fault. Niche King. Hey, Lono, in your opinion, what earth location would you like to go to if they expanded the planets in D3, jungles of South America, or our own backyard, last city? I wouldn't want to have anything in America. I, have, I, I, don't, I don't care. I think American cities are kind of, what? Jungle areas, desert areas, yeah, something more exotic feeling, something more mysterious feeling. Um, 
Now, it would be cool if you end up in, like, New York City and it's just completely demolished. There's, like, remnants of the past. But I don't know. I don't really, like... I don't want to walk around America when I'm playing a video game. I live here. I've been to Chicago. I've been to New York, right? I want to go I want to go somewhere cool, somewhere I haven't been, you know? Iron Skeptic. Uh, medium tier Destiny streamer hates America. This just in. Uh, Iron Skeptic. In Warmind, there was criticism with Escalation Protocol that there was no matchmaking and all of the time was very difficult with three people. It required some manipulation to get a full fire team in the same instance. Without a matchmade activity for Season of the Worthy, do you think that we will run into the same problem? Here's what I think is going to happen. This is just a total guess. But the Seraph Tower public event thing is going to be pretty easy and the bunkers and the legendary lost sectors I think will have matchmaking the way that the forges did you'll walk up to them, press the button and it's going to throw you into matchmaking that's my hope because you're right if you're like, well I hope there's people around, the tower thing will probably just kind of be pretty easy, it'll kind of happen it's not going to be like the the, the escalation protocol bosses were tough with a bunch of no, like with a bunch of, uh, a bunch of dum-dums, like if they didn't know what was going on it could be pretty tough um, I think they learned their lesson on that and I think the matchmaking for the forges in black armory, it gives me hope that they have a technological solution in place to not have that be a replication like welcome to season of the worthy hopefully there's people in your public space they ran into that with the vex invasions on the moon and that was a complaint from some people I don't think it was as a a prominent complaint because that wasn't like a huge need for you to like do the vex offensive public events uh, on the moon but it was a frustration for people so i can't see them doing that again with the the foundational like selling point of bunkers and legendary lost sectors in the seraph towers like i can't see that being like uh oh sorry there's nobody around like even altars of sorrow can be pretty frustrating if you have a small group of people um ta taja tajay could you see bungie adding a massive faction versus faction pvp world almost like elder scrolls I don't know. This feels like out of left field. It doesn't feel like Destiny. I really do feel like it's going to continue to feel like Destiny in the future. Ecal. What location would you like to see in the Destiny game? I already had this question. Spicy Cuban Peppy. Luke said that they want better aspirational content. What else can Bungie do to help encourage more engagement in raids, trials, uh, past if you've already covered? No, good question, homie. The the way to encourage engagement in that kind of content is to put dope loot in it and the sunsetting of weapons should allow them to do just that I, I think that is the push if you want people to go into content that's tough you gotta put something awesome in there you do and I know that's a double edged sword because people will be like well that's not fair you're putting all the best loot into content that's really hard it's hard to get in there I, come on you have to justify the carrot has to justify the journey is what I've always said the carrot has to justify the journey. If I'm going to go into tough content, aspirational content, and it's going to be tough, then there, I, I'm not, I am not going to do it if the loot's not that exciting. Gab, what's your biggest fear for the D3 release? Ah, uh, it comes too early. It comes too early, and it's not ready, or we don't get the engine of the deadies. Aviators, uh, was there value in the Forever 29 days? Can we recapture that in the new system? I don't think there was value in that. You got to get boots or you're stuck. I don't think that's the way. I think the game's evolved beyond that. I, I don't think there was a good... I, having something be elusive is fine, but I don't think that was a good leveling system. And I think Bungie tends to agree with that. Serial Kira, do you think D3 could achieve full crossplay, or is that too idealistic? With dedicated servers, it's a whole lot easier than where we are now. 
So yeah, I think it's possible. And the consoles are pushing for it, you know? Microsoft is really pushing for it. McCheshire. With the supposed instant resume of games that the next-gen consoles boast, could D3 eventually be split into separate downloads on consoles to continue to add new content? This doesn't even feel like a logical connection here. This feels like a non-sequitur. It's not. It does not follow that a game having an instant resume would then have Destiny 3 split into separate downloads on consoles. I, this is a very, very bizarre logical train of thought that they aren't they're not going to do this anyway i don't think it's really really hard to ask a company to do that to slice up their game and then the community is slicing up what's installed and what's not dedicated servers in a new engine solves this problem games are mad there are massive games like eso split crucible and pve again there's no reason to do that cheshire it still doesn't feel logically connected to where you started in the question i'm confused by your your thought process is eluding me. I don't see how the game resuming has anything to do with the splitting of installing PvE and PvP. Will we see a race of enemies that are reflections of ourselves? If not, what was the purpose of seeing our own self at the end? That felt like a, I can't really interact with you. This is the only way you're going to understand. That felt like a higher being thing. A lot of times in in mythology and stories where a higher being decides to talk to mankind they do it in a way where they look like us but they don't look like us that's kind of what it felt like um jamie nero given how much we all love swords do we think our exotic favors like drink dark drinker would be a good return for d3 or maybe more logically if in taken queen and dreadnought i think taken queen and dreadnought is when those swords are coming back um, we didn't see any hints about exotics coming in Season of the Worthy. With the exotics that we're seeing are the Fourth Horseman, Tommy's Matchbook, and the uh, the slug the slug thrower, the Cabal Big Slug Thrower minigun. Ryland Prince, late question, but I saw them in chat. Do you want our guardians to speak? I don't have. A, I do not have a strong opinion about that. Spicy Cuban Pappy, silly question. Do you think orcs will ever come back? Or is it just his sister left? There is lore that indicates the Hive would like to bring him back, and they believe that they can. I don't know if it's going to happen. It might just be Savathun. Dr. G-Nade. Do, if we get a D3, uh, will we how much easier... Skipping. Skip. I, I'm not reading through spelling mistakes. Outside of day one's... Raids are too easy in Destiny 2. How much harder would raids have to be more satisfying to the hardcore audience and how much of the casual population would feel alienated by this? So when you say outside of day one, raids are easy in Destiny 2, this is a statement of opinion, not of fact. And this is actually provably false given completion averages of the community. Garden completion averages are around, was it was it two hours? Um, and you have to consider there are really fast raids pulling that average down to two hours and there's really really long raids pulling that average up so the idea that um, the idea that raids are easy after day one I think is provably false I don't think it's a true I think opinions can be wrong and this is one of those times I don't think what you're saying is true and I also think I, I hear where you're coming from though I do think we need a normal and hard mode again I do. They, they, I think that that would solve some of what you're saying, but I don't think it's as simple as raids are too easy. This is stupid. How do we satisfy the hardcore players? Um, so, and and listen, Glad and Chevy are in my corner on this. These are two of the god tier raiders in the community from Redeem. When they were on the Rages Roundtable, 
they both conceded and admitted that raids cannot be built for them. You can't legislate endgame content to them. They're anomalous. They are 1% of a 1%. Um, and they said, you can't make raids for us. It just, that isn't going to work. They like to push things to the breaking point. They like the low man stuff. And if you design raids for them, I truly believe this. You are wasting development time if you make raids for such an unbelievably small portion of the community. 10% of the community regularly raids right now. That's already a minority. You're going to shrink that even more and fundamentally, I think, waste bandwidth, time, and resources making content for a couple thousand people. Like, that would not be... I just don't think it would be the right call. Bowers. Maybe I miss it if someone else asked, but do you think that there's an opportunity of D3 to have more of an open world? Yeah, this was already asked. Uh, bigger, bigger areas. Super MG. Do you think that they should do the sunsetting to armor to make us grind for them? They're already naturally doing that with the seasonal mod slot, so we'll see if that actually works and people do shuffle forward to use the new armor and the new seasonal mods. Graced Canine. What is your ideal content balance for D3? For example, D2 definitely was more campaign focused and what causes the game to die out. Do you think D3 should have a similar system to D2 year one or shadow keep short campaign lots of endgame I do think when the game first launches it's okay to be a little heavier on story to really establish the ethos and the tone but I also think Bungie's learned a lot of hard lessons about total waste of development time and just none of that stuff gets repurposed or reseen I think the campaign should be pretty long and pretty substantive and you should only have to play through it once not three times that's a great reason to make it a little bit longer, a little bit more substantive. And then after that, you don't have to do... I think you can go more the format of shorter campaigns after that with your add-ons. Ackleson. Do you think Destiny will be able to grow for years for the scales of games like WoW? We can do so many sequels. Do you think D3 will try to be the final ongoing iteration? Yeah, we already talked about this. I feel like D3 will launch and then they could drop the three like a year later. Spicy Cuban Pappy. Luke mentioned that they are continually looking for seasonal pass and, and possible rework with more focus on core content and less FOMO, fear of missing out. What else do you feel would improve the seasonal drops? I personally love seasonal over yearly DLC drop with long dry spells. I think something to improve seasonal drops is um, vendor refreshes, and I know that's hard because that's like every three months, but some semblance of a vendor refresh I think is what's is one of the lacking features of the, hey, there's new stuff to come and do. Clay Tongs. With how us um, having six enemy factions in Destiny, would you like to see one of those more wrapped up? We wipe out one race. I don't have a strong opinion on that. Neurological. Uh, have you seen anything concrete around DDoS mitigation or dedicated servers being worked on with what's coming next for the game engine? Dedicated servers means you can't get DDoSed, so if we get dedicated servers in the next game, DDoS doesn't become a problem. As far as anti-cheat and DDoS and banning and all that, we're apparently going to get an update about anti-cheat before Trials launches in one of the weekly TWABs. I think it's going to be next week, not, not today. Uh, Mike Quad. What story beats do you think Bungie should check off before D3? No, I don't have a strong opinion on that. Uh, Inked Ron. What kind of new enemy class would you be hyped for? I don't have opinion on that either. Those are the questions I don't really have answers for. Do you think that they'll expand on character customization, hair, beards, tattoos, etc? Not really necessary. Most people wear helmets in the tower, and it just isn't a focal point of the game. I'm sure they could add more, but it isn't a big. I don't think it's a big deal. 
from a business standpoint could Bungie be putting off D3 until 2023 to maximize sales by guaranteeing the largest number of people moving to next generation consoles this is exactly what I said in my talk I do think that that the console saturation and sale rate is a part of the equation here and that's why waiting for 2022 or 2023 is a good call C1 Nick this may be a dumb question but what's your biggest hope that D3 has dedicated servers new engine Rangifer says you talked about your hopes for leveling including the possibility of having modified tree for PvE and PvP what is purely while this is purely hypothetical will that work in Gambit I don't know I honestly don't even know if Gambit would be in the next game Uh, (laughs) you know sorry Mr. Talk glad you touched on it yeah no problem Kraz yeah I don't even know if Gambit's needed I really don't Um, so but they could do they could do unique perks or subclasses I don't know Gambit's just really really weird because if you do a split sandbox where does Gambit fall in a split sandbox because it has PvP and PvE like a nice split sandbox I think would be really really good for the game but Gambit's like kind of chuckling in the corner you know like <laughs> hi I do both things so that's over 100 questions and the next question is another like do you think this thing could happen with a story so I'm not going to go to it because I don't answer I don't really like answering questions like that especially after over 100 questions so great Q&A some of you guys just need to focus on typos and submitting questions that aren't just you ranting about your opinion that's like not super helpful try to help me out with that I do try to skip those for the sake of the listeners in the other places so they don't have to listen to me interacting with things that aren't questions um, we're going to keep streaming though there's so many people here there's so many people here if you've enjoyed this if you enjoy this stream it's like an interactive podcast click the follow button and turn on notifications following the stream does help support me if you're listening in all the other locations please like share and subscribe